Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Well, he came up last week, Bouba Dare, but the story has evolved a little bit. So let's talk, Dave, first of all, about uh, the likely prognosis and where we might see him and what the ramifications of that incident might be. Right. Well, the uh, likely prognosis of when we'll see Bouba Dare, I believe, is probably next season. I think Nicky Henderson said last week he that, uh, you know, that it was... Uh, I think he said a slim chance, I think, of seeing the horse this year. What it really does, if I had a horse who, uh, like, um, not uh, Au Voir d'Alene or any other... Or Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. I think that the, the champion hurdle looks a very, very open race at the moment. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to, to, to get him back in time for Cheltenham. They will, uh, you know... McManus is getting back home to Ireland and they'll, they'll do their stuff with him. Yeah, it, it, if there is somewhere you want to recuperate, Martin's down a good, a good place to recuperate. Yeah. I wouldn't mind recuperating <laughs> there for a, for a couple of months. Probably need to. Could be the answer. Could be the answer. Well, I don't know. The point is that it's early stages. I think we just have to, I mean, circle is better than anyone. Um, give, you've got to give it a month. Yeah. You, if, then you've still got time. They've got plenty of time, haven't they? That's the thing. So, You've got you know. time. But, I mean, it depends on how... I don't know the exact details of what's wrong with it, but if it's, if it's, if it's sound in, in two weeks, three weeks... He'll be fine if you're sound the, in a month. The it's the hole left by that piece of wood, as yeah. I've, and I'm not, not a veterinary surgeon, um, that, that it's basically keeping that inf infection free and giving it all the time it needs to recover from having had yeah, a big stake in how much, I mean, I think foot. all these things... is. It's how much activity he's able to do, because like all athletes, if you're completely immobilised, and funny when we were, I was riding, the terrible thing was you said Plaster Paris. People won't remember that. They aren't at, uh, over 50. But if you had a, you broke a leg or something, you had a, it wasn't Plaster Paris. So when, when you finally got your limb out of it, it was completely shrunken and finished. The horse is locked in a box. He then, he, as an athlete, he's got no basic fitness. Whereas if you keep him walking, I think they can with water treadmills and spas and stuff, stuff now. Stuff. I think so I think you've got much more chance than you used to have. Okay, that's Booba Dare. Well, let's hopefully we see him sooner rather than later. Let's talk about Holly Doyle for the second consecutive week because she has now surpassed amount of winners for a female jockey in a calendar year, and. She's not just ended the year on a high, she's ended it riding almost better than she ever has done and with important victories as well. And it's, it, it, it's important, Bruff, isn't it, that not, it's not just one female jockey making an, an impression, it is several. And w we do seem to be in a building process now. I, think, I don't agree. Do you I not? I, well, look at the statistics. I did something on Sunday night when, when Hayley Turner won <coughs> at Ascot. Is this another full storm then? What? Well, it, so far, there will be a forced on. God help me, I was around when they very first had women jockeys at all. People got very excited. Every now and then you have this. But Holly Doyle is done unbelievably well, and she's a terrific little jockey. Forget about women, but she's a little jockey. But who's the next one? Josephine Gordon, I think, is, is 50th, 50, 49th. And I think she's the only one in the top 50. It's Josephine Gordon. But she's, and Brownie Frost is, the, is about 11th, I think, on the list. Mm -hmm. Next one... I think Bridget Andrews, about 36. I think uh, Paige Fuller. Page yeah, Fuller. Fuller. Yeah. 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 But I, mean, I think the three in the top 15. And, and then Rachel Blackmore in Ireland, who yeah. is at number one. Yeah. But it's only, only her. Then you go right back. The actual number, and the facts are, it's been going long enough now, either it's prejudice, 
or it's there is a certain bit of a of a female athlete that isn't isn't as suitable for race riding, and the fact is it's a bit of both. Uh, and the silly thing is the second half about the the skill set a jockey needs includes physical strength, the skill set. There are lots of other things that women are just as good at. The, you know, the decision making, uh, touch, timing. Uh, understanding the, the equine athlete, all that sort of stuff. But there is a bit which is physical strength. And if women were as strong as men, which people say, oh, she's just as strong as men, they'd be in the same weightlifting class in the Olympics. The female athlete of eight stone or nine stone uh, is not as strong. Talk to Hayley Turner. I mean, she yeah, it's about a, th it's about the, a third. The, men, li men lift about a third more. For the same way, and there is a little bit of race riding. A lot of the time, you've got the touch of else, uh, uh, but it is very so that when the person of, it, there is a holding and shifting of, you know, it's half a ton beneath you. You've got to shift it. You, you, it needs strength, and at that stage, the female isn't as strong. Uh, and as uh, a bit of anecdotal, the actual amount of impact with falls also. Is, again, we haven't got the full data on that. But certainly on concussions, there's a concern that actually female concussion rate is higher than male. For, for the, it's quite interesting data about point-to-points. Actually, the number of falls per ride is the same, because point-to-points, they ride the number. Mm. Uh, injuries per fall, which is sort of fitness, about the same. Concussions per fall, per injury, much higher with females. Well, I pay scant regard to the bell, but I thought that was an interesting, interesting thread there, and I think one we might pick up next week because uh, we'll be joined by Rose Grissel, who is the um, the supremo of the Diversity and Racing Steering Group at the BHA. So interesting to pick her brains on that. We'll talk about Cornelius Lyser, who's a friend of the show. He's been a, a guest on the show on on more than one occasion, and this week he announced that uh, BBC Radio. Uh, Five Live were no longer acquiring his services, which is a great shame for all of us, Dave, who, uh, who've who enjoyed listening to him over, well, the last two and a half decades. And for Five Live not to have a regular horse racing correspondent, um, Bruff, Bruff and I have been touching on this sort of very, very theme for about the last half an hour. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible shame. Uh, I mean, Cornelius is a superb broadcaster. His voice is known... Uh, to people who follow racing on the radio for well for thirty years is the, the thick end of thirty years that he's done it. Uh, it's, it he's a friend of mine, so it's quite hard for me to to to, to speak about it objectively. But um, I, it's I, I don't understand that for a commercial station like Talk Sport, for example, which is essentially talk football with a yeah. few other things thrown in, because football is the great god uh, that dominates the sports pages. The BBC doesn't need to... We all have to pay for it, whether we like their political coverage or whatever it may be. And so I don't see... The, 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 I heard a thing that, well, racing doesn't get the numbers. Never mind the numbers. It, it, you know, it, it's about giving a, a broad coverage of our sporting landscape, not just about football. And if you've got 20 or 30 people who are talking about football on, on Britain's leading talk radio network run by the BBC, surely you can afford two for racing, one commentator, one correspondent, can't you? Well, I mean, talking about this subject before, David knows the press room is leaking people at the moment and people just... 
the fact is there have been all sorts of no doubt um, group therapies or group sessions and uh, and and uh, uh, research gone in and they can look up and say well we think that we can get away with it and mm. we'd rather spend the money doing something else and you look down the BBC sport website it goes football I think Formula One rugby union tennis racing is about uh, 10th or 12th mm. mind you it always wasn't nearly as popular as people thought. You used to have more coverage on television than anywhere else because, well, both channels used to do sizes. Yes. And gradually, they realised that actually that if you polled people, they didn't have racing as their number one interest. No. It, just, it was just... Just there. It was there because it was, it was a live sport you could put on. I've told this before, but I, my, uh, my English teacher at school used to... I used to walk around with a copy of the Racing Post. Yeah. And he'd say, I hate horse racing. I'd say, why? And he said, because when I was growing up... Three channels, and it was on two of them all the time, <laughs> and I had no choice. Every but... Saturday had both BBC and ITV showing racing live. Um, let's talk about Little Rory Mac, Dave. I'll just let you take this one for a brief explanation, and away you go. Right, well, Little Rory Mac uh, ran a never near a six at Warwick. Liam Hurd was given a ban for Ten failing days. to... I beg your pardon. Ten days. Ten days for, for failing to uh, be seen to make sufficient effort to get the best possible placing. Uh, the horse came out at market raise and uh, won at 15 to 8 on Thursday. The owner, Adam McCormack, uh, won, uh, had a bet of 20,000 quid at 2 to 1 with Star Sports bet and a few other uh, wagers as well. Um, he was taunted on Twitter uh, by people saying, when's the handbrake coming off? He rather inadvisedly responded to this by, by putting... Goading. Picture, by goading. Yes, he goaded the trolls. Inadvisedly. Now, now uh, he may, may be on a disrepute charge. I'm going to hand this over, but I would just... My, my, I said this to Adam the other day on the TV, <laughs> on the telephone, and that is, when, a, a couple of years ago... A few years ago, I got stopped for using my mobile phone whilst driving. It was an offence, but it wasn't a big one at the time. It was the early days. Mm. It was just on the South Circular. How the copper saw me doing it, I'd never know, because I would say, you'll never catch the Bedford Fox. But he did <laughs> catch me. Catch me, did. And, um, and, and he said, he looked at my car, which was a total mess, and he said, I can see this is a working car, sir, etc., etc. And when you're apprehended by the old bill, you say... Taken on board, taken on board, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Good day, sir. Where are we you going? don't if if, you, if you're if you've landed a punt and the horse got was a, the subject of a steward's the time before, <laughs> just switch your phone off. <laughs> don't respond on Twitter. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. I don't think we've got too much more to add, have we, bruv? No, the only thing you can say Liam Heard got. Uh, ten days for basically stopping the horse. Well, not stopping, not not really up completely. Wouldn't have probably made running an injudicious one. race, yeah. Injudic whatever you like to use the phrase. And the guys in the darkness last night got ten days as well, which I think is probably. I think their chances of mitigation in that case must be quite high. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what my learned friends can do with them. Yes, they sport. Oh, we do this every year, don't we? Sports personality of the year, and the, we're, we're sort of riffing on a theme. We moan about how it doesn't get any racing, doesn't get any coverage in the in the event itself. But this year, this year, surely, bruv, Frankie Dottori had a decent case of being in that last six. But he didn't make it. He did. I mean, the fact is that the danger is within this... We're being too insular again. Our yeah. parish would say, yeah. why don't, don't they realise how wonderfully popular we are? Well, they're saying to us, no, you aren't. I mean, 
as BBC is saying, we can't be bothered to have Cornelius anymore. You know, they're not saying it isn't good. Just saying, no, we can do without you. But there, there is cut through in places. Look at the story of Khadija Bella winning at, at Glorious Goodwood, who was uh, awarded Sunday Times Sportswoman of the Year. Yeah. Bryony Frost up for the BT Sportswoman of the Year. So, so it's more that the stories that resonate on a more wider entertainment style level will, will seem to cut deeper than, yeah, yeah, well, than, than, than I mean, what I would I'm, call I'm a, a bona fide sporting achievement yeah, of Rangin And Tori. that's why, you know, the point about women's jockeys is that people. It's sort of patronising. They go on, like, it's amazing. And so many women jockeys, well, no, there aren't. I mean, not, not successful ones. Oh, there just aren't very many. The fact no. we've been going a long time now. The idea that there's, sort of, the way you talk, you should imagine there's masses of, of women in the sort of top 50. There aren't. I mean, the, 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 Brownie Frost is fantastic. I mean, she's an exceptionally good rider, but there's one or two really exceptionally good riders. And it's the odd things that racing is only, he has an oddity. But the, the sportainment, as you always call it, Dave, seems to be getting more cut through than the sport. Yeah, I think so. Pure, pure sport, uh, Dottori's achievement this year if, has been... If, if, yeah. you know, look, Dottori's box office, we all know that, and by his own standards, he has had an exceptional year. This was a jockey that in 2012, when he split from Godolphin, we all thought that his days were numbered. It's a remarkable story. If the BBC can't see that, uh, on Five Live this week, the presenter asked Holly Doyle, what's next? Winning the Grand National? Yeah, Radio, you know, Radio, Radio 2, I think, wasn't it? I'm sorry, Radio, Radio 2. 2. What's yeah. next? Winning the Grand National? Uh, you know, uh, as far as... I, Bruff, I, I, I completely take on board what you say, but I think that... I, I Well... I know how you're going to counter this, but I would say that there's a there's an anti-racing bias at the BBC. Is that is that just me being? Uh... Well, no, I think I don't. I think I don't think you're. I I don't think it's the BBC. I think it's a bit element of anti-racing bias in Britain as a whole. I mean, we've got these two problems of yeah. betting and, and horses, both of them saying, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to have to press on because I want to talk to Richard Farhi about the apprentice situation and I know he's got plenty to say. So uh, I'm going to kick on. Soleil Kavama has got Andrew Tullock's job, the job that Andrew Tullock stood down from yesterday after 24 very successful years at Entry Racecourse. And Soleika has got the job having been sort of part of his team in addition to her responsibilities elsewhere. Uh, you'll know Soleika well. Fergal, yeah. good appointment? Great appointment. You know, I, I was a little bit annoyed, a bit like come back to profits. They said, you know, the first woman and made a big issue about her being a woman. She didn't get the job because she's a woman. She gave her the job because she's a very good clerk of the course. She, she's worked very hard for that. And um, yeah, I think it's a great, it's be a great appointment for entry. She's, she's, she's a, a, a very good, very good girl. And I, I quite like the fact that she was with the jockey club, but she's been away at Hamilton for five years because you know it's easy to get institutionalised. And she's been away and, and, and come back and has also been part of that that important team at, at Aintree on Grand National Day. Yeah, it's a... It's a I, I mean, sadly, the, 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 the way that the media will present this, like you say, a, a, a woman is in charge yeah. of the Grand National, that, that's a, an indication of, A, how the media works and the times that we live in. But, like you say, she was at Warwick, she went to Hamilton, she was distinguished in both roles and... and you know, this is a, a, a this is a fantastic challenge. Big pressure, bruv, uh, especially now. Yeah, but I think she role. can turn it on its head. I think she can make take an advantage of it. Lisa Hancock, chief uh, executive of the Jockeys Fund, she was 28, took over Newmarket. Mm. Everyone was sort of horrified, but first woman and all that. And saying, no, breakthrough. And mm. it stops people trying to say it's all old people with trilbies. Yeah. She won't wear a trilby hat. Well, she will. She'll look much better than an old tosser. <laughs> <laughs> Language, bruv, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Can't say anything on you this never like, You were never, you're never <laughs> like this on ITV. <laughs> well, no, but it, it, we're meant to be trying to take things forward. <laughs> we're broadening it out to a wider audience. Can take it down yeah. as well, unfortunately. I think, yeah, you can, we don't, you simply don't know how many people watch this programme because it's all live and free every uh, every Sunday at 9am. But talk about apprentices, this is an important subject because the split between what an apprentice takes home and what he, he or she gives to the person who holds the apprentice's licence, i.e. the trader who holds that licence, has been shifted this week in favour of the apprentices. They get to keep more of their earnings. It's caused significant conge- uh, um, consternation amongst Messrs. Hannan, Balding, Fahita, whom we're going to talk to in, in a minute, Bruff. They're saying it's disincentivizing them from using apprentices and they're going to stop using it. What's your take? Well, they're probably overstating that case, but they, I mean, they have, they're having to handle the apprentices. So they've, they've got a case, but it's always been the worry historically that of, of, uh, it was my day was quite apparent at times, people exploiting young men's dreams. But the danger is you actually overcompensate the other way around. And, I mean, only they know the mechanics of it, and there's no, to take the, the, uh, Andrew Balding as an example, I mean, the Balding Kingsclere Academy, um, they have clearly been, been very successful for both parties. So they've got a perfectly good right to say that their side of it. I mean, I, I don't really, I can't really have a, opinion either way but the danger is we're sort of trying to if you, if you actually do get people like Baldwin not make it worth their while to try and support people then um, it's still a business and they, they have the number of people you're going to bring through not many are going to make it but clearly a Kingsclear type academy mm. has been very successful um, the key here, Dave, to me is that if you look at the bottom line, the trainers aren't making fortunes. They make more if they don't adhere to the agreement in place, which is to pay their apprentices working expenses. And the ones that haven't been paying the expenses are the ones that are actually making more out of the apprentice. Two points, yeah. and I'll make them as briefly as I can. Uh, one is I don't see... Uh, first of all, if there's some hot property apprentice who ride, who's ma- riding winners claiming £7 for a small yard, I suspect that one of those big yards will be very happy to give uh, that jockey rides. The other is I just don't understand the disparity between conditionals and... Appre- I, know that, I know that their claims go at different mm. times, but Fergal, quickly on you, that. you know, as a trainer, you are responsible for bringing... Uh, a conditional jock is long in a, in a professional and pastoral sense. If your conditional jockeys win a race, they keep 100% of the money. I don't see why in the past it's been no, 50-50. They, they don't, actually. They, up to the, to the claim five, right. we're entitled to half their, their riding fee stuff, which, which, which we waiver. But actually, so, yeah. so young Conor Brace had a great season last year. And, and you, you waver it? Or, we waver it, yeah. So we get, we get a choice to waver it. So we, we write a letter to BHA saying right. we don't want to take any of their money. Because I feel, as a, as a, especially as a jump jockey, a young jump jockey, they've got a, a very short career and he needs to, you know, you know mm. it would have been awful for me to take half well, of it. For five and three, though, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that doesn't I, I, apply. I, I want to move on because I want to get yeah. Richard Fahey in. It's really important. We've not got much longer on the programme. I know he's got plenty to say. So those were this week's talking points. So, Richard, hi. Apologies for keeping you waiting. Thanks for talking to us. No problem. Um, you probably heard a little bit of what we were saying there, and... Dave was saying you didn't see the difference between the apprentices and the conditionals, flat and jumps. But just let's start with um, why you think it's the wrong move to 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 give the apprentices back more of their of their earnings. I'll, 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 I'll try and speed through exactly what happened. There was an article Lee Motter had wrote in the Racing Post 
I mean, it was badly researched and very sort of written to have a maximum impact against the trainers. Now, realistically speaking, I read it, and anybody reading it thinks that trainers are making fortunes out of apprentices. Well, Lee completely got it wrong, and so badly I actually rang him and said, look, Lee, do you know, actually know? And to his own admittance, he says, no, I don't actually know how it works. He says, can you explain it to me, and would you go on the record? Well, I short-shifted him. I thought, well, here's a guy writing an article to have maximum impact against trainers, and he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Well, something I would like to get clear is the way the, 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 the fee is split at the moment, and myself and Richard Hughes spent four hours in the BHA and the PGA explaining. So there's a £7 claim, it's a 50-50 split. When an apprentice rides for me, there is VAT included in the riding fee. So they decide... They split the fee 50-50. I get half, he gets half. But out of my half, I have to give £21, something, 19 pence to the VAT man. So there's no such thing as a 50-50 split. It's 60-40 in favour of the apprentice. 55-45 is 62-38. And then the new riding fee they're talking is 80-20. So the actual split is 97% of the riding fee goes to the apprentice and 3% goes to the trainer once he's paid the VAT. So let's get that one clear. It's 50-50, 55-45 and 80-20 does not exist in real terms. Now, when we sat at the meeting with Seven Hughes, we tried to get this across. We tried to get them that we, you know, what we do for the apprentices, but without, without being particularly rude, they haven't listened. You know. We teach them, we give them the experience, we keep horses in training. I've, I've got four horses here for, for kids to ride. I pay all that expenses. I, I do everything. And I just feel that they didn't listen to us. Now, without being particularly rude, we sat down there, myself and Hughes, he took a day off that we probably didn't need, headed down to London, and they have just completely ignored us. So realistically, in real terms, under the new rules, if an apprentice goes racing... I will get three quid for him riding. Now, what they seem to have forgotten, well, it wasn't actually in the in the art. I actually pay him for a full day, whether he's there or not. So, realistically, I am sending him off to the races, paying him a full day's wages for three quid. Well, without being particularly rude, why 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 would I want to do that? You know, it's it's. I might as well have another lad in and pay him the same wage. You know? Why is it, Richard, do you think that the jumps trainers don't feel the same way? You just heard Fergal saying that he was quite happy to waive Connor Brace's half last year and that conditionals are moving to full pay. Just, there does seem to be a bit of a disparity, doesn't there, between jumping and the flat? Does, does he pay him a full day's wages as well? as? Yeah, 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 full day's wages. He's riding one of my horses today. And you, you're paying him to, 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 to work and ride? Yeah. Right, well done. I'll take my hat off to you. I'm, I'm skint, um, though. <laughs> the long, the long short is, I mean, thanks to the article, I, I got my secretary to, to pull out two, two uh, accounts of apprentices, £7 claimer and £3 claimer. Now, with the, seven, the £3 claimer, he had 35 rides, three winners. His total income was £4,522, mm -hmm. of which I got £475 of that. Now, I said, just work out how many days he was here working. So time worked. It cost me, he, he was in for five and a half days. Now, it cost me nearly seventeen, eighteen hundred 1,800 quid to pay him. I actually lost 
eleven, twelve hundred quid on him that month. Richard, is there why, a? Why would I want to, 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 to have someone in the air that's actually losing money? Yeah. Obviously, the, this was triggered by the fact that apprentices were saying that they weren't having their, their their working expenses paid, rather than their salaries paid. That their working expenses paid. Um, were it not for that, do you not think we'd still be in the same situation? I, if the trainers had been paying apprentices' expenses as they're supposed to have done under the, under the terms of the agreement, uh, the existing agreement between all the licence holders, would this situation not have arisen? I, don't, I, I honestly don't know why it got to this stage, because, I mean, realistically speaking, I, I was listening to Dale Gibson the other day there saying trainers will make six figures out of apprentices next year. I, I mean, I just don't know where he's getting the figures from. I, I genuinely, when, when myself and Husey were up, I mean, I genuinely don't believe they had the grasp of it. The PGA don't have the, and the BHA don't have the grasp of what it actually costs us to have an apprentice, what we actually do for them. I, I remember driving down to a race meeting there one day, and the apprentice, I won't mention his name, was sat in the car, and the owner rang up that day and wanted to jock him off. Now, I quickly picked my phone up. I knew where the conversation was going. Now, I'm not blaming the owner because he, he wanted Christoph Sumion to ride the horse. Fair enough. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, I sat down. I was, luckily, I was in the back of the car. There was three of us in the car. There was two in the front. Of and, and without being particularly rude, I, there was no way I was putting Christoph Sumion on the thing. And a long story short, luckily for me, the horse won the race. Now, if that horse had gotten beaten, I could have lost five horses. So these are little things that doesn't sound serious. But I put my neck on the block for that kid. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel, Dubai.